Welcome to At the Elephants. I'm your host, Rob Morris, and I am very excited to share episode two with you. I have some very wonderful guests on the show. And, you know, I want to address something uh, right off the bat. I recently got asked, is it going to be a school of drama only show? Uh, You know, that's fair because there have been a good amount of uh, drama people on the show so far. So that's a reasonable question to ask. But no, it's not. Uh, You know, I had Alexander Roth from the School of Film um, on one of the summer sneaks, and he's going to be featured on a segment coming up. Plan to talk with John Bowers and Anna Rooney, um, who are both from the School of Design and Production and the uh, head honchos over at Peppercorn Theater along with Stephen Kopp. Um, so not necessarily, but of course I'm from drama and design and production for a hot second. So most of my connections and people that I'm going to talk to are going to be from the School of Drama. But bear with me because it's going to be good all the time. That's what we know for sure. Um, One other thing that I want to address, uh, from last week's episode, we were talking about stage names, and I wanted to bring up someone who I deeply care about. Uh, It's not particularly related to NCSA, but I thought you would enjoy knowing about her name. She is an amazing actor. She is an amazing director. And when I was growing up in community theater, uh, during the day, she was a florist and helping people with voter registration, and she was all over the place making the world more beautiful and awesome. But at night, we would do Shakespeare together at this tiny little community theater called Sam Bass Community Theater. Her first name is Lynn, which is very lovely, and her maiden name is Schaefer, which is beautiful. Lynn Schaefer is fantastic. Um, Many, many years ago, uh, she did fall in love with a man named Phil Beaver, and of course, she took his last name. Uh, So she became Lynn Beaver, but just to show her incredible sense of humor, She kept the S in print, so her name does read Lynn S. Beaver, or, well, I don't need to say it, you can imagine. But the best part is, if you say it all out loud, her name is Lynn Schaefer Beaver, uh, which is really just hard to beat, right? Since the last episode, a bunch of things have happened on campus that I participated in and really enjoyed myself. First things first, went to see the Cirque du Soleil UNCSA Collaborative circus theater project. I hope I put all the words in there. It it was a lot. Uh, And I think that pretty much fully describes it. If you don't know, um, since I think 2009, uh, in one way or another, every year, Cirque du Soleil has been in direct collaboration with UNCSA and students to educate and create new works. And this year, the project was just out of this world. It resulted in three performances Um, that they worked on all summer, and it culminated in a beautiful series of performances that I really enjoyed. Uh, Also, the drama Freshman Monologue Night was a hoot, as it always is, though this time, due to the circus project, it was held in the afternoon. An equal amount of energy was brought by the entire drama student body as they gathered to welcome the new freshmen. The first years demonstrated a tremendous amount of talent and poise, and I look forward to their contributions to the school this year. Jer Red versus Blue versus Red. 
Jared Thompson graduated from the School of Drama in 2010 and is best described as one of the single most funnest dudes I've met. And I don't give out that title lightly. Jared is that guy you never forget to invite because you know for sure he'll only amplify the fun of the occasion and is one of the least likely people I know to cause a problem or puke on his shoes. J-Rad loves the clown work and if you listen to the summer sneaks you know that he was almost a man with a blue face. Well, now he's part of an incredible group causing a ruckus with a red nose. You were almost a blue man. Oh, yeah. Ah. Which is a pretty cool thing That's about so you. That's so cool. It is really <clears throat> cool. And I feel like even when you told me about it, which was not long after you didn't get it, you were already like, well, it makes sense. And I, yeah. <laughs> you were like over it. No, it was really cool because um, the process is so different from audition process that you... So what happened? Walk me through it. So basically what happened was um, they set it up kind of like a workshop. Well, the first audition was like an audition. So I the, the first audition was basically me going into a room... I think we I think we did like a little warm-up first. Which How many was, of you in the room? Which was really cool. I think there was... Eight people, probably. He wanted us to walk in, look at each person in the eyes, and walk out. And it was funny because a lot of people would walk in, and they would look at you. And they would put stuff on. And I just walked in. I looked at each person. (laughs) And I walked out. What a weird thing for you to, like, have picked up from school. Because I think about that, and it's like... It's oh, a, I know how to look at somebody. Yeah, right? There are so many different ways to just very plainly, very simply, just really look at someone for real. And it actually kind of blows people away when you do it. Yeah. So then this this exercise comes up. And um, the audition was literally this. So he's like, here's the story. Your mother was killed and you it, by a cop. And you knew this person. And he got away. And you have not seen him for eight years. You walk into a bar. You see him. And then you have to make the decision to leave the bar. And that's the premise. That's all we had to do. I didn't go first. I think I went fourth or fifth. The first couple of people that went up, they were just like super intense about it. They, They walked in looked at each person and walked out like, but it was very quick. So then, and not blowing smoke up my ass on this audition, but I, I just, I nailed it because I was dangerous. What I did is the, the guy who was, he wasn't the cast director. He's part of blue man. So I came in there and he's sitting in the line. I came in there and I, you have to choose somebody as your killer. I chose him as my killer. Right. Like to to stare at. Right. <laughs> and mo- n- nobody looked at him. Like they chose somebody <laughs> else. But it's like, well, you, you choose the person that's pick- that that's going to pick you. The, the preparation I used to go into that is I had the thought process and I just kind of did it. Walked in there. I looked at each person because you have to look at each person before you look at the killer. Looked at each person. And then you see the killer. You keep looking, and then you don't notice it at fir- him at first. Mm-hmm. So you see him, and then you notice him. And then 
it churns and burns in you. And he's watching you. Like, he's staring right back at you. And it was an intense moment. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And then I make the decision to leave. I leave. So that that's what got me into phase two. Blue Man is so cool. It, it, it's interesting. It's a mixture of red nose, neutral mask, and outer worldly something else. Uh, two of the guys from our school, West Day um, and Shane Andrews, were Blue Men. So that wow. phase two is like technically the callback. Um, so they had us, they did a lot of different exercises. They had us um, basically telling us how the blue men walk. And so the blue men um, always keep things forward. They never look out of the corner of their eyes. They, um, it's very- They have like the first Batman Begins suit on where they yeah. can't <laughs> move around. I mean, it's not, it, it's, it's loose. It's not, that was one of the things I got a note from one of the guys who said, Jared, you look like C-3PO on crack was his note once you're in phase two they were like specifically giving you notes about like they're what you were doing it, yeah. in their workshop it's a workshop yeah <laughs> so phase three the very end of the day you get to get into the blue man like you get all the makeup oh wow all, everything the ball cap like everything and that's the last part of the audition you get to do what they taught you so oh, that's that, crazy so, so the, after all that happened they literally they they said they said it like this They're like so you can either uh, find out later we're through an email where we will tell you if you're called back or not or we're, we're gonna be in another room we're gonna talk and you can wait and we'll we'll tell you and we'll tell you why they were like they'll tell they'll tell you everything right. which is awesome because that never happens right of course <laughs> in any of the auditions so she called me in the room and she was like thank you so much for your great work. They really loved you. Um, they really loved everything you did. Unfortunately, you, you're not the right uh, body type for Blue Man. Then that was that was all they said. And I was just like, well, you know what? Thank you so much for all this. It was amazing. And that I really meant that because it was all amazing. I wasn't upset. Yeah, what a privilege to be able to do it at all. Dude, and then and I got... put that, I ended up putting that on my resume as like I workshop, I did workshop. You did the Blue, Blue Man, Man workshop. Yeah like when it first came out it was like super like yeah and it was like, so what is this and now it's it's just like oh look it's the blue man they're silly and that's the thing i don't want to ever have happen with the simpletons it's always hard for me to explain what the simpletons are because because we use the red nose um and because we don't talk like it, it becomes this kind of um mysterious thing it's it's you have to be there like just like theater you kind of you have to be there to understand what's going on i mean i could explain the play basically the simpletons Let's start with who it is who, who it is well um it's uh me jared and two of my other friends who were in my acting class basically i think it's easier for me to just tell you how we got started and then what that turned into we we studied mask work in school, and mm -hmm. one of the last things that we did was the red nose. Part of the red nose that I discovered is that it's really easy to, um, when you get into it, it uh, to create bits, sketches, 
just stories. It's it, it um, because the red nose when you put it on it if you know how to use it 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 brightens your perception of of the world it's right. a, you look at things in an innocent way um things are a lot more interesting <laughs> it's almost like you're you're uh on a drug um in a way cuz it's like literally changes your per, your perception of reality so anyway we, uh, I really connected with the Red Nose. Asinian connected with the Red Nose. We, one day, like, I think it was Ian kind of pushed. He's like, I just love, would love to go out into the city and perform it. And so we got Alex Heffler, Andrew Burleson, all people from our class. We went out, performed in Prospect Park, um, or just kind of improv in Prospect Park. And then we met afterwards, and we're like, there's something really interested, interesting about what we're doing. And let's get a camera so that we, because we don't have a director, let's get a camera so we can see what we're doing. And then when we got the camera, that became kind of the turning point of who we, of who the simpletons, or how the simpletons became who they are. The simpletons... Um, we're, we're about illuminating things, illuminating things in a positive way. Pointing things out. Pointing things out that be like, hey, look at this. Drawing attention ch to specific check things. Check this out. It, it kind of became a snowball effect. We, we discovered in the videos that we wanted to, well, first off, we wanted people, to, we just kind of wanted to spread the love of the red nose. That, that is where it started. Stay tuned to nycsimpletons.com and make sure to follow the Facebook page because they are about to put out some new videos that are sure to amuse and inspire. Indianapolis proper. Alan K. Washington, also called AK Dubs by those seeking to lose some of their friends, is another soul who seems to glow with positivity. Originally from Indianapolis, Allen has a perpetual spotlight that follows him from place to place as he redefines triple threat. Now I know, I know, that seems pretty boastful of this 20-something. Well, it would be if he didn't back up his reputation over and over. For example, while we were still in school, Allen competed in the regional competition for musical theater for the Society of Arts and Letters. UNCSA took home first and second place. My lovely girlfriend Rebecca was second, and Alan was first. To this day, Becca agrees on their placement given that she didn't perform a standing backflip on the button of her song, but Alan did. So Alan got to go to the Nationals in El Paso, which offered a $10,000 cash prize to whomever won first place. Out of thousands of competitors all over America, Alan won that too. Well, it would have been Michael Jackson's 56th birthday last Friday, and since Alan is a singing, dancing, die-hard MJ fan slash Indiana prodigy, I figured, well, what better time to share him with you? Enjoy. I kind of turned my living room when I was like three into a 
little stage. Oh, really? Every day I would have my show. Really? Yeah, it was Michael Jackson, actually. Of course I would it was. put on the Michael Jackson VHS, his, like, live in I Bucharest tour. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. This is, and this is, and you say whatever you want about, like, where you're going in your career and all that stuff. Yeah. There have got to be so many young black men from Indiana that were like, I could do that shit. You know, and they were like, let's do, yeah. And, you know, got into it in the same way that you were and watched all that stuff oh, when they were kids. yeah. And never were able to, like, do backflips in front of everybody in the <laughs> middle of a song the way that you do. And I just think it's, like, it's really cool to know one of those young black men who grew up to do most of that stuff, for better or worse. Yeah, you know? totally. And you totally, like, you went for it, and it kind of worked out. Yeah, it's like, it. It's kind of working out for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Right. So he's obviously like top of the top oh, of the yeah. pyramid for inspiration. Especially for you. from when I was little. And I know that there are certain like black guys around that just have that thing where it's like, oh, I'm obsessed with Michael Jackson. Right. <laughs> I think like a lot of people do. Like as far right. as I don't know, just because he's so magnetic. Oh, for sure. Oh, and especially oh, yeah. when you like see him when you're young and you're just like. I think it's exactly what you were talking about. It's like, what is this? Like, I've never yeah. seen a person, like, do anything like this before. Yeah, and it, and it's not just one thing. Yeah. You know, it was a quality. It wasn't even like, totally. oh, he could moonwalk. Well, sure he could. He was fucking Michael Jackson, and that's the point. Yeah. And even when I was young, I remember kind of thinking about it when the first, like, whole sex scandal came out in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously not in the early 90s, but I remember like in the late 90s when I would start to process what that was, having remembered seeing it and people obviously still cracking jokes about it the whole time after it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of up until his death, luckily, it's you know not really as much of a thing people talk about anymore, which I kind of really like. <laughs> I love the fact that it, I don't think it will be long before that is not a big part of the thing people yeah. talk about, you know? And for most of my growing up, it was because I was born <laughs> in the late 80s. So I missed all the like, Oh, he's just the baddest motherfucker yeah, around. He's just, you know, it's like yeah, I was born, and then a few years later, the allegations came out, and it was like that was always a part of Michael Jackson for you and I both. That's yeah. always been a part of his identity in your life, and yet, never did that have any effect on like your desire to uh, gain the same skills and, and yeah, exactly. And, and how do you feel about all that other stuff? I mean. Because like you're like a diehard Michael Jackson fan. I'm a diehard Michael Jackson so, uh, fan, but I'm not like a diehard Michael Jackson fan. How do you feel about this? Stuff? It's I, I'm not diehard. I don't know. I haven't seen like the evidence, but people are sure. like the evidence is. I'm not like, saying like, do you think he clear. did it? That's not what I'm asking you. I'm saying like, I mean, he did it to some extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? What he totally. did is always going to be between him and those boys yeah. or whoever. The relationships were inappropriate, and that's not even an argument. Yeah. So my what I'm saying is like, do you have an opinion on on like the fact that his life led him hmm. to have that kind of behavior? You know what hmm. I mean? Because when I yeah, like what I was kind of getting to before, what I often get to when people are like, oh, this rich and famous person who, and usually the people are talking about have been famous most of their lives. Yeah, you know, Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Bynes, whatever. Britney you know? Spears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, they're crazy. And it's like, can you like? can't even talk about that yeah (laughs) do you know you know nothing about about, like what they went through and how they grew up yeah and when they're little kids and they're developing all of these social skills and understandings about how the world works in this weird vacuum yeah (laughs) it's like dude 
to expect a normal person to emerge from that is the crazy thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's why all the time when, like, you know, my friends, especially at school, are like, you know, even jokingly, like, oh, I can't wait to be famous or whatever. It's like, <laughs> or like this seeming like to look forward to that. I was like, you see what that does to people? Yeah. It ruins them. <laughs> and if it doesn't ruin them, the, the world will tell the world that they are ruined until it's true. Yeah. Seriously. Until they finally come out and they go, I'm not fucking ruined. And then they like <laughs> say some like racist thing or whatever. And then they're like, look. He's racist <laughs> and ruined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was the reaction from your parents along this journey? Oh, they've, they've always been just like, oh yeah, go do that. Just like mad supportive. Yeah. It was about permission, but it wasn't about like, you know. You must. Kind of, yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't a rule. No. They let you pick it. Exactly. That's I was cool. totally in control of like. Was there a religious aspect at all doing. in your family? Oh yeah, my dad is very, very religious. How so? Um, <laughs> he talks to me a lot about the power of prayer right now, um, in regard to like auditioning and things. And you know what? It, and how do you feel I, about that? I mean, ooh, it's a big question. Uh. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> struggling with it these days recently. Why is that? I don't know. I do know. It's because <laughs> <laughs> I've just been questioning a lot these days, I guess. And that's not to say I'm questioning things that were previously certainties or questioning things that haven't been questioned. Yeah, it was more that. It was more yeah. like, oh, I've never really thought about what this is actually saying and like right. these definites that it's giving me right now. Anything in particular hmm. that was just like recently you had a, a moment where you're like, wait, what? Um, Not really. I think, I guess just the way that I'm thinking about religion for myself is changing. Is that sparked by anything in particular? Hmm. The thing that's coming to mind is, of course, the thing that would come to mind, like being a young gay person living today and like sure. going through being a young gay Christian person. Right. Is your sexuality an issue with your home life and your the religious stuff with your pop and stuff like that? No, not no, not anymore. It used to be, but I recently came out to him. Really? Yeah, like very recently. How like recently? last Thanksgiving. Wow. So like a few months ago. What sparked that decision? I kind of did it on a whim. Well, no, like because he, I was there and he was driving me because I was catching a bus from Indianapolis back to New York. And he was like, so he asked me something about like when I was going to have a girlfriend or like, have I thought about having kids or something? And I was just like, um, daddy, I'm gay. Really? Just and, like right then, you were yeah. like, because I don't have the other answer that you need, it's yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> right. I can't really, I'm not going to lie to you right now. I'm about to get on a bus, like, and it's I'm quicker to, to tell you I'm gay than yeah. to make up some shit about <laughs> About <later>. like, <laughs> I don't even know. Right, sure. And what would you, um, would you yeah. have those conversations with him before, or was that a first time kind of oh, question? Oh, no, I had had them before. And I, I feel like I maybe subconsciously made a decision that if he ever asked me that sort of question again, like I would just, just tell again, him. Because yeah. it sort of just happened. Right. What but was yeah, he was like? totally fine. I mean, yeah? he had to take a second. Right. And like, think to himself, but I mean, he was fine. Oh, I mean, you know, what did he say? He, he said like, I will, I, you know, I love you anyway. Like normal thing, right, yeah. normal thing you would say. You felt supported. Yeah, exactly. Was it, it was scary? Nice. 
that moment? Yes, it was very scary. The moment that he took. <laughs> yeah. Was the was, scary moment. The it was like the moment it came out of my mouth was very scary and then it was like word vomit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's one of those things like you think about it, you think about it, you're like, man, if he ever says it, I'm yeah, just gonna I'm be just like, gonna I'm gonna be out it. with it. I'm be out with it. Then you're and then out it with happened, it. And then like, it's like, Oh, oh my god, I'm saying it right now. Like you were just gonna be like I just play it. I got a girlfriend. I'll see you later. Yeah, see you later. I'm kissing <laughs> the bus. Bye. Can be seen performing opera in Hawaii, of course, uh, this coming January and February, but sooner than that, he'll be at the York Theater uh, in his first off-Broadway reading of Paris Through the Window, a historical fantasy about Paris during World War I and the healing power of art. That's Tuesday, September 9th at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, book and lyrics by Charles Osborne, graduate of the School of Drama, and music by uh, Leo Hurley, graduate of the School of Music, as well as musical direction by Matthew Stevens, also from the School of Music, featuring Patrick Osteen, Sidney Shepard, and many more. So be there next Tuesday the 9th at 3 and 7. There are two shows, so you have no excuses. And um, now you're a Disney princess, is that right? Am I, am I phrasing that correctly? That's absolutely right, and that's another wish I had. So the universe, you know, gives you what you want in mysterious ways. That's right. That, <laughs> that absolutely seems to be the case. You know, what, do you, what is your feeling on the whole luck versus hard work thing? I think everybody agrees it takes a little bit of both, but mm-hmm. as someone who seems to uh, have a lot of both, how do you feel about that? I think that, you know, I feel like it's not so much luck as something inside of you this is going to get a little like hokey pokey Um, that's okay you're uh you're a disney (laughs) girl now (laughs) so first off i think that um the hard work is definitely like 80 percent of it at least and what i'm learning in this business is you'd be surprised how people aren't working very hard so when you go the extra mile people are really shocked and drawn to you And then I think the luck aspect is something inside of you that is willing to be open. When I was auditioning for this particular part, I could feel that it was special. And I think because my heart was open to it and I really um, allowed myself to connect to it in a deeper personal way. And I think that that maybe sparks luck is that if your heart is open to it, and you're doing the work, then there's like these cosmos that will come together in just the right way that will recognize that. I think by now you realize that I snuck one by you. That was Elizabeth Lale, recent graduate from Drama 2014. Elizabeth has made quite a few headlines lately when she was cast as the live-action Anna from Frozen in the fourth season of Once Upon a Time on ABC, premiering in September. That was a sneak peek of the full segment, which will be on episode three, so don't miss it. Previous At the Elephant's musical guest, the Blue-Eyed Bettys, have a week of performances in the North Carolina area this week. On Tuesday, the 2nd, they'll be at Tirnanag in Raleigh uh, at 7 p.m. On Wednesday, the 3rd, at 7 p.m., they'll be at the Roots Revival here in Winston-Salem. On Thursday, the 4th, at 9 p.m., they'll be at the Cave in Chapel Hill. 
Friday the 5th at 7 p.m., they'll be at the Children's Theater of Winston-Salem at their annual Storybook Soiree. And Saturday the 6th at 7 p.m., they'll be at the Lee Street Theater, and that's in Salisbury, North Carolina. So check those out. Don't you wish you were free? Don't you wish you were free? Punk Soloosophy. So I know you've all gone over to iTunes and purchased Daniel Lamone's album, Punk Philosophy, because it's amazing, and I told you what a great use of your dollars it would be. Did you notice one of those songs isn't sung by Mr. Ramon? Well, I would hope so, because it's sung by a girl, and I, well, I just hope you would be able to tell the difference. My lovely classmate, Taylor Aldridge, provides the vocal lead for On Day and Night, a coming-of-age tune that I will let her tell you about. Then, I'm going to let you hear it. Surprise! Miss Aldrich is our musical guest. Take a listen. Super out of, like, nowhere on that record. Like, it sounds like nothing else on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, then again, most of the songs do. What? It's from a show. Really? It's the show I did last summer with him. What show was that? It was called Taurus. Is that like a show show or someone wrote it? Or it was a mean? new work oh. by Sarah Moon. And uh, Daniel wrote oh. the music for it. Oh. Yeah, and that was my solo. He like wrote it for me, with me in mind, because he asked me from Showcase if I'd do the show. And he like, I auditioned for the director and then he and I became really close and I was just there for his writing some of it and hung out with him we became really good friends sessions with him because he would always like let me hang out mm-hmm. and um just watching him talk about his music is pretty cool too and like hearing where everything comes from you're like yes
episode by Daniel Lamond and also Max Stampa-Brown. Daniel's album Punk Philosophy is available on iTunes, and check out Max's profile here on SoundCloud, as I believe he's about to release a new track. Trust me, take a listen. It's all really good, and much of it's available for free download, so click on over when this is through. Well, that's it. That's the end of the show. I appreciate you listening to the whole thing. I know it was a little bit longer than the other one, but you know, you're having a good time, right? We're all having a good time. Come back in two weeks. I got another one coming at you. Some people I think were cynical and like, maybe he's not going to do a bunch of episodes. Well, we're going eight for the semester, eight for next semester. It's every two weeks. I'm going at least this one season all the way through. I can promise you that. So stick with it. We're going to have a good time. We're going to meet some cool people, and I'm sure you're not going to regret it. So catch us next time on At the Elephants with Rob Morris. So I've been reading about nameless things. Don't ask me what they are.